Hello there, my name is uh, Anthony Brown. I'm a director at Claremont Search. Um, I'm delighted to bring to you the very first episode of our new Privacy and Data podcast. We're gonna be bringing you thoughts, insight, and opinion from some of the world's leading privacy and data thought leaders. Um, and I'm very pleased on this occasion to bring uh, Rob Grosvenor, who is the Managing Director of the Privacy and Data Compliance Team at the New York headquartered professional services uh, business, Alvarez on Marcel. Hello, Rob, how are you? Hi there, Anthony. No, really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to talk to you today. Yeah, we wasn't expecting to be quite as hot as it is, but uh, <laughs> we're going to get through it, aren't we, Rob? I think definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think we've just <laughs> we've just commented that uh, um, yeah, the windows need to be shut to uh, stop any outside noise, and, and of course that brings with it its new challenges. But anyway, never mind. But um, Rob, thank you very very much for for coming on. This is actually our first one, so I'm thrilled to have you. Obviously, I've known you for a few years now, and um, and, and, and obviously, you've, you've recently joined Alvarez and Marcel. Um, you are the managing director for its global privacy and data compliance uh, practice. So exciting times for you. Um, to, just for anyone watching, Rob, uh, who was, isn't aware of Alvarez and Marcel, can you just tell us a bit about uh, you know, the business and, and, and you know, what, what you're essentially doing there with your team? Yeah, no, absolutely. Delighted, Anthony. So, Alvarez and Marcel is uh, an international professional sort of services firm. Um, in terms of sort of size and scope, it, it's got about 60 offices, I think, in more than 40 countries. And, um, you know, it was originally founded in the early 80s, where it was primarily focused on corporate restructuring, operational performance improvement, and sort of turnaround type services. And then really since then, it's grown to having more than four and a half thousand professionals providing sort of a range of advisory and consulting services across regulation and risk management, tax, private equity support, disputes and investigations. And, you know, I'm, I'm really delighted to sort of bring my sort of 20 odd years of, of experience of, of privacy and data protection consulting to a practice which already has an established and successful sort of team of, of IT forensic and, and cybersecurity experts. Yeah. Um, I guess just, just to give you a little bit of, of my background, um, sort of I way back when sort of studied law, but, but sort of quickly realized I wasn't going to be a corporate or commercial lawyer. So I actually sort of moved to, to Brussels when um, I was fortunate to get a, an internship with the European Commission um, dealing with sort of competition matters and competition law. Um, whilst I was there, I had the opportunity to then join Deloitte, uh, focusing on sort of IT and emerging internet and, and e-commerce law. And then essentially when the, the sort of dot-com bubble burst in the early 2000s, it sort of coincided with the rollout of the original European Data Protection Directive. And lo and behold, sort of ended up sort of spending a good 13 years with Deloitte, uh, seven years in Brussels, and then a further six years in London really helping them to build out their sort of privacy and, and data protection services and effectively combine a lot of legal and regulatory challenges with sort of more of a risk management and, and data governance approach. Uh, prior to joining Alvarez and Marcel in April, I spent nine years at Promontory and again I, I helped build their global 
privacy practice. Um, if I was going to say what my sweet spot is, it, it's definitely sort of working with multinational companies really to bring together sort of various sort of stakeholders across different functions and, and roles to implement and operationalize privacy and, and data laws, often in, in very complex business environments. <clears throat> very good. Blimey. So, yeah. And that internship in the EU wasn't a bad start for you and clearly with, you know, got you on a great path. And obviously, as we know, you know, they, they, privacy and all things sort of data related is, is just, you know, the evolution over the last few years has been incredible. And you've been there pretty much since, well, the beginning of the journey, really. I was going to say the beginning of time. That might sound a bit rude, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, no, thank you, Rob. Thank you for that. And um, uh, obviously, it's really exciting times for you. And, um, and no doubt, Alvarez and Marcel are very, very happy to, to have you on board. And I think, obviously, you've joined at an incredibly interesting time. Um, we've had a very challenging few weeks, to say the least. I think the time for sort of dwelling too much and talking too much about what's behind us now has maybe passed and I think all of us are trying to sort of move forward a little bit with our thinking and, and obviously we're all hoping that um, life's well it is slowly returning to normal just looking at privacy in the new world as we know it then Rob and after the sort of you know challenges businesses have faced over the last few weeks and months I mean what do you think has, has been you know the biggest privacy challenge maybe looking back slightly here over the last three months for businesses yeah, that's a good question, Anthony. And I think, you know, we, we've got to acknowledge the, the overall impact of, of the pandemic, both in terms of sort of individual impact, uh, sort of societal impact, you know, what it's meant for sort of our families and, and also for businesses, as well as obviously sort of public services. And, and I think for most of us, this is probably one of the, the, the biggest sort of challenges of our lifetime. So I think in, in many ways, it puts privacy into perspective. Um, but at the same time, I think it's also sort of shown to a lot of people sort of the, the, the significance of data and the importance of protecting and, and securing information. And, you know, it, 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 it sort of happened at, at a sort of strange time in terms of, I think most organisations were, were sort of feeling that they were, were still sort of getting to grips with GDPR as business as usual when we sort of entered the lockdown. And a lot of sort of privacy functions and, and privacy leads are really reliant on the support from the sort of business and, and corporate functions type sort of contacts and, um, and network really to support them. And, and obviously sort of a lot of things have changed over the last sort of three, four months in terms of uh, impact and pressure on the business and, and also just, you know, the, the realities of, of having a, a remote workforce, uh, yeah. in some cases a, a workforce that is sort of self-isolating and, and, and also having to deal with managing sort of households and, um, and, and often, you know, having to, to also sort of care for, for family and, and the like. So I think it, it's a very unique environment and I think it's one also where, quite frankly, um, businesses and organizations have had to react very quickly in order to often save and, and, and maintain their, their their business operations and so in, in many ways it's sort of had an imp unprecedented impact on sort of normal working conditions and with it comes the 
the challenges of how sort of privacy then supports the business in in what is sort of significant changes to to normal working practices so from mm. a privacy standpoint i think there's been particular challenges with just managing the, the business as usual so essentially having to deal with remote working of staff um, having to deal with essentially changes in operational procedural and technical um, ways of working which which have created also sort of new risks around how to deal with the handling of data how to deal with identifying customers or employees when sort of dealing with with their sort of uh, requests or, or complaints or uh, or issues and obviously there's there's a significant impact around sort of the likes of cyber and information security threats because we're having to work in different ways and because often decisions are being made in in a real time where um, effectively the organization's not really understanding the sort of full impact until um, they're actually sort of seeing sort of risks emerging in in the production world and so i think a lot of challenges for privacy in terms of keeping going um continuing the fight in terms of sort of implementing supporting the business supporting sort of data subjects at the same time i think they've had a critical role in really um advising the business on sort of real-time sort of risk-based decisions on how they take forward sort of changes in in their business strategy and and sort of changes around um sort of technology support sort of cloud services outsourcing all of which you know are have been sort of critical to, to keeping the um the wheels turning you know yeah. and i think in, in many ways I, you know, i've seen clients and um friends in the privacy community where they've definitely sort of stepped up to a challenge where they're very much seen as supporting the business whereas you know going back a few years and, and pre-gdpr often sort of privacy and data protection was was potentially seen as as at the very least being sort of a roadblock to, or yeah. a, a, a road hump to uh to sort of um to, to the business. You could argue, thank the Lord, that GDPR came in ahead of the pandemic. Although, Absolutely. I mean, where, where would we have been? Where, where would businesses have been in their, you know, in, in their timelines of, 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 well, essentially their privacy framework, their networks, you know, how, how secure are we? I mean, you know, imagine this, if this is land, had landed 10 years ago, it would have been a completely different kettle of fish, I guess, wouldn't it? But, but just moving on, Rob, in terms of more of a, a sort of a, a life, sort of question or, or, or general perspective in terms of the general public i mean we've we've obviously all of us i think to varying degrees have been involved with using zooms or house parties or various apps you know at home over, over the last few weeks quizzes all the things we've done um obviously during that time there's been a few news reports about maybe some of the apps that i've just mentioned having potential breaches or not being as secure as you would hope um, What's your sense in terms of the pandemic's impact on the general public's view on privacy and their awareness of it? Do you think it's had, do you think, i.e., do you think the public's of general public's awareness now is, is more heightened than it was pre-pandemic around privacy? Yeah, again, yeah, I think that's that's a very, very astute question, Anthony. Uh, yeah, I, I think in many ways GDPR was a catalyst for sort of opening the, 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 the broader general public's mind to data protection and particularly 
sort of privacy rights and the, the sort of obligations and rights to to them as citizens and customers and, and employees. But in many ways, I think the the pandemic itself has almost brought sort of aspects of privacy and data protection into sort of real life context and and mm. challenges. And, and you sort of talk about sort of some of the, the sort of technology that, that we've all been using. You know, I think there's there's some real life challenges in general with often people sort of living in, in shared accommodation or yeah. having to work and live as a household where where often sort of computers and laptops and, and iPads are being used for a range of purposes and, and particularly if um, if if people have children are having to get to grips with homeschooling and keeping them occupied during and, the day. And let's not forget Rob the TikTok down, uh, dances and uh, all the TikTok video and everything that they've been getting increasingly interested in and often you know you've got laptops at home that maybe work uh, for work purposes or work you know company the companies own them um you know you people have to be very aware i guess that you know ultimately they are they are business machines they are owned by a company you can't just hand your child um you know something that's for work purposes and and all of those issues that could potentially bring if they were to go on to you know the wrong you know the wrong area of, of, of the phone or you know share something they shouldn't or click on something they shouldn't you know i think i've, I've heard that a few of my friends actually have had issues where they've had to be very very careful because they've come very close to disaster you know so yeah you know and, and to be honest i i'm probably not the only one that has spent a sort of exponentially greater amount of time using the internet and, and and definitely sort of using social media and and range of platforms to to keep in contact with sort of friends and family as as well as sort of work colleagues so i think it, it would be very hard to see how we would survive and and, and function without these technologies but you you raise a, a very good point which is you know what is what's our individual responsibilities for making sure that the sort of security settings are there that there's the rights sort of disciplines around how these devices are being used and you know it's it, it's like with everything you know i think it's it comes with a balance but certainly i think there's there's definitely awareness around um really the the, the challenges of of um how you sort of provide sort of access to to the right content at yeah. the right time in in sensible ways you know i think from a, a commercial standpoint um it's also interesting to see you know concerns you know if you're sort of operating in financial services the fca's concerns around sort of how you know we're having to operate sort of from home and, and in these sort of um contained households around sort of risks that also has to things like um um sort of market abuse and, and people just having access to sensitive information so i think on, on all levels there's both the, the sort of risk and harm to um, limiting access to appropriate content, um, but there's also issues where it comes to how you manage confidential information and sensitive personal data, um, where there is this sort of overlapping of, of sort of private and personal and, and, and work life at the moment. Yeah. So also, you know, moving forward, Rob, I mean, obviously, since GDPR came into play, there's been a few very high profile breaches, as we know, um, and um, only a 
I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but a very small handful of, of fines, albeit very large ones. We obviously mentioned perhaps, you know, the, the company names. I think some of them are still in discussions around the fines and the size of them and, you know, et cetera. But um, moving forward, do you, do you believe that there's going to be increased, you know, perhaps for somebody like yourself or, you know, other lawyers, um, you know, sort of in contentious work on the litigation piece, i.e., are we going to start to see a more steady flow of high profile breaches, um, you know, coming through the system? Yeah, you know, I think, Anthony, it, it, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to sort of see how this plays out and in terms of timings around sort of entering the new normal, you know, obviously the ICO and, and many of the other um, data protection authorities and supervisory authorities around the world, you know, they, they have their own challenges at the moment and, and often, you know, they're, they're having to manage their staff, but also deal with a lot of sort of government and, um, you know, big policy level issues that, um, that sort of COVID-19 has raised and, and obviously sort of we're familiar with sort of issues around sort of track and trace and, and sort of data sharing um, to support the, the efforts to, to sort of manage control and, and hopefully eradicate um, this virus. So I think at the moment, obviously, it's impractical for them to be sort of ramping up or even sort of undertaking Sort of enforcement action and, and particularly investigations at the moment but mm. clearly they will be looking to see once sort of things settle down what that means around sort of high risk high profile um key areas of, of, of focus for for those investigations so very much don't see things changing once effectively they're able to sort of re reprioritize their um their focus um, and I think it also dovetails around what we're seeing in general, which is uh, an acceleration in sort of digital readiness and technology transformation that a lot of companies are now going through, which in, in many ways will, will potentially give rise to potentially greater risks around sort of privacy and, um, and data management. I think the other aspect that we're seeing and, and um, is, is what role effectively um litigation and class actions is going to play and and certainly um i've seen far more um or a, a greater increase in the number of law firms um looking to support um members of the public who have been impacted by data breaches or um sort of data data sort of incidents um, so again, I think alongside any sort of regulatory investigations and enforcement, um, the role of the courts is is going to be sort of important over the next few years as we sort of understand effectively thresholds around things like compensation levels and how in practice some of these larger class actions are, are going to work and how they get brought. So definitely something that I think is going to be in the mind of um, of a lot of sort of companies as they're evaluating effectively their their risk profile in in the new world and what that means in terms of privacy and and data compliance okay thank you rob um well i mean just to sort of perhaps you know finish on a light note um um really enjoyed hearing you talk rob and i uh, hope hope the listeners have too some great insights there from somebody who's right in the center of this community that you know we're, we're, we're part of um 
what uh, what do you think you've learned about yourself during lockdown on you know perhaps on a personal level it's uh, we've all had our own challenges particularly if we've got children at home yeah you know i think i think there's been a lot of change i guess you know one of the things i've I've realized is that, you know, when we're in this sort of situation, I think there is a risk that things just generally are putting, put on hold. And you also almost get into a routine where it's almost a little bit like Groundhog Day. You know, you, you particularly because everyone, you know, is, is either working or homeschooling or sort of um, spending a lot more time sort of physically at home, but also in the household. I think you, you, you've got to really make an effort to try and, um, at least encourage you know, yourself to to go and do different things, get out and about now, and you know in, enjoy the fine weather we're having. I guess mm. the one thing I've learned is I've, I've actually managed to to sort of fulfil one life ambition, which was to grow a beard. We'll, we'll see how long <laughs> it lasts, but um, in this whole weather, I'm not sure. But uh, you know, I think yeah. it, it, it's been interesting. You know, as um, A yeah. and M have been running uh, a sort of series of of, of courses on mindfulness and, and ways of engaging with sort of staff um, whilst we're we're in lockdown, and and I think that sort of was was interesting to reflect on appreciating the now when I think we spend a lot of our time sort of looking back and also sort of worrying about the future. So yeah, Absolutely. it's strange times, but I think it's also a time for um, innovation and um, you know I think opportunity to sort of uh try and uh, try and do new things yeah and I, that's great rob and i think you know we've all we've all had a lot of time to self-evaluate haven't we and i think um you know there's been uh, you know a huge surge as we know in people actually taking up new hobbies or um you know running you know i've never seen the general public um <laughs> so active and with such great tans frankly um and um yeah, and I, I'm glad you mentioned the beards because when we first started the, um, the interview, I wasn't sure that I had the right guy for a minute because uh, <laughs> I hadn't seen the beard. But uh, no, it's good work, Rob. I'm sure it's a little bit warm um, during these times, so it'll be interesting to see how long how long you persevere with it. But uh, fair play for chalking one off in life, anyway. Um, but um, listen, Rob, thank you so, so much um, for your time. It's been superb. And um, I hope everybody has, um, has had some real insight um, from, from Rob. And um, moving forward, um, I'm going to be speaking to some very exciting guests as well um, uh, uh, in the very near future, actually. So watch this space. Um, but Rob, thank you. Uh, I hope you get a chance to enjoy some sunshine today. And um, we will uh, we'll catch up very soon. All the best. Great. Now, I really appreciate it, Anthony. Good talking to you. Take Cheers, care. Rob. Take care. Bye now.